0: Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what success looks like for you, for you in your business, and your life. And I'm going to share a few thoughts about this topic. I know that some people are just happy to survive, and I can understand that way of thinking. I was there at one point in my life myself when I was in my 20s. I remember having more money going out than was coming in, getting into credit card debt along the way, and when I was able to get past that point and overcome that problem, the next plateau I found myself on was basically just getting by. Now, it didn't feel like it at the time, but if you're in that place where you don't have enough money coming in, in other words, when more money is going out, out outgo, more outgo than income, then you know what I'm talking about when you finally get to that point where that's not happening anymore. Now, of course, there are a lot of other steps that you can climb after that, but I remember what it was like to just sit back for a moment and just be thankful that I was breaking even at that point now there's definitely more out there there's no question about it but I think sometimes what we have to do is we have to take a step back for a minute and depending on where you are in your life today maybe ask yourself the question again or at least consider it what does success mean to you at this point in your life because maybe something that you were working for earlier in your life doesn't have the same meaning or value that it did when you started on that journey. So sometimes you have to find a new journey, a new quest, something to give you more meaning to whatever it is that you're doing. I've experienced that as well. I know what it's like to be doing something and be 100% behind it, because whatever that activity was held a certain meaning or a certain value to me. It's what motivated me to get out of bed in the morning. But I also know what it's like when that thing is gone. And you don't have that anymore. And then you have to replace it with something else. It's all part of the human experience. I believe we all go through it. But from an entrepreneurial type of perspective, I think we face these things a little bit different than maybe other people would. I don't know. What do you think? I know there was a time here in the, the United States in America where the average person thought bigger is better and you can never truly have enough. I remember growing up in a time where bigger was better. And I remember talking to people who came here from Europe, and they said that the thing that struck them about the United States was just how big everything was and how sprawling everything was as compared with Europe. And it's true that it's not like that by accident here. Bigger was definitely considered to be better in the past, That is the past now. Things have changed, attitudes have changed, and here in America, I really believe we're at a point where most people no longer think or feel that way. Now we can look at this topic of success because it's a universal desire that transcends boundaries and transcends cultures, and we can interpret it differently. For some, it's the pursuit of greatness and fulfillment in various areas of their life, physical, relationships, money. For others, maybe it's not so much about greatness or excellence. It's more about not being stuck in a dead end in their lives. However, whatever your definition is, achieving success or getting there, however you define it, is often a challenging journey that requires things like personal development I'm going to define what that is in just a little bit, but I'm not just talking about reading a bunch of books and going to seminars or listening to positive affirmations. Not that kind of personal development, although if that does help you, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about you growing as a person, like we can compare the version of you today to the version that was around five or ten years ago. So that's what I mean by personal development, changing changing your mindset maybe going from more of a negative mindset where you're saying well I'm just being realistic while at the same time you are kind of putting a damper not only on your own outlook in life but on the outlooks of the people around you being negative not only affects you it affects the people around you and I know sometimes I've done this too where I said well I'm just being realistic about it but sometimes you just have to put that kind of thinking to the side because it's doing you more harm than good And you have to have the ability to rise up and motivate yourself to move forward where the average person will quit. On this podcast, I'm talking to mostly entrepreneurs. I realize that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this topic, because I believe that people that want to be entrepreneurs, you have something in yourself that the average person does not. That's why you're making the attempt. Even if you're not successful in that attempt yet, your desire to keep on keeping on is not something the average person has. Now, I'm not going to say that makes us better or anything else like that. I'm just saying it is what it is. Also, today, I noticed that more people are looking at the spiritual side of success. This is especially true when I talk to older people. Now, I'm not talking about weird stuff. When I talk about spiritual things. I'm talking about things like having peace or rest deep down on the inside in your life and and, and being at rest with what you're doing and having a sense of fulfillment about your life and the decisions that you've made and having relationships that are sound, that are good, that are uplifting. That's what I'm talking about, the spiritual things in life, things that you really can't put a, a dollar amount on, but they definitely affect the quality of your life. One of the great things that I've experienced in my life as an entrepreneur is the ability To spend time with the people I care about the most. Now, unfortunately, when I was in my 20s going into my 30s, I was living, eating, sleeping, breathing business 24-7 around the clock. And what I mean by that, when I wasn't doing the work, I was thinking about the work that I would be doing. And it was kind of a vicious circle. I didn't have balance, and some of my relationships suffered as a result of that. But when you can find that balance, when you can have peace in your life then, I mean, it really does bring, it brings everything together. It's one thing to have, let's say, financial success, but you don't have anybody to share it with, or you dislike the people that you live with. (laughs) You know, that's another thing that I don't take for granted anymore, having peace in your home, realizing that a lot of people don't even have that, you know, they're, they have uh, divisions within their household between husband and wife, parents and children, children and children, and all that, all of those types of things. So there's the kind of success that affects those relationships where people are are in harmony under your roof and that really does affect the quality of your life. Now before we jump into this, today's episode is sponsored by the Digital Strategist Newsletter and the One-to-Many System. The Digital Strategist Newsletter is my monthly newsletter. usually comes out on the 23rd or the 24th. It's absolutely free. It's available at jimsnewsletter.com. If you haven't signed up for it, go ahead and check it out. You can find all the back issues there. As I said, it only comes out once a month. And the One-to-Many System, which is my big course, available at onetomanysystem.com. This is the culmination of my 25-plus years doing business online. Business and marketing, the whole package put together. That's available at onetomanysystem.com. All right, let's talk about personal development a little bit. So, personal development, at least my definition of it, is a lifelong journey of improving yourself, self-improvement. Now, I believe self-improvement only goes so far. I believe that you need outside help at different times in your life most definitely, but self-improvement, growth, realizing what your potential is. I think that a lot of people never realize their full potential. I would say most people probably don't, and And it's, you know, it's too bad that that happens. But I think that's the reality of it. I think people give up. I think that people aren't willing to leave their comfort zones. And I don't, you know, exempt myself from any of these things. I've been through a lot of these things, realizing that the thing that the place that I wanted to get to involved me going through a journey that I didn't want to go through. And so I had to decide which was more important to me going through a place of discomfort and doing what I didn't want to do or getting to the ultimate destination which mattered more so and sometimes it's kind of a downer when you come to the place where you realize that yeah there are certain things in life you are not willing to pay the price to get. I know sometimes when you say that a person is not willing to pay the price to get from point A to point B it's generally seen as or more often than not it's seen as a negative reflection on that individual For example, you can assume that they have a lack of discipline, a lack of focus, and all of those things. But in the big scheme of things, it doesn't make sense to invest X amount of time, energy, and life into something when you realize that it's not going to generate the kind of return that you thought it would. In that case, pursuing that thing makes no sense at all. Even if you start it into the process, sometimes it's best to just cut your losses and move on to something else. So fulfillment, Uh, On an individual basis, is another element that people are looking at more today than they ever have in the past. A few years ago, I was consulting with someone in the medical profession, and she was considering taking that path to being a thought leader influencer in her field of study in medicine. And she asked me about the process of going to where she was from that place to the place that she wanted to be and I was honest with her. I told her exactly what it would take, how she would have to set things up, what the process would be like the first year, the second year, the options that were available to her to market herself consistently and effectively online. Now, I've had this conversation more times than I can count over the last 25 years with people, and I've had the conversation internally also with myself as it related to specific projects, but With this particular conversation, she responded much differently than the average person does. Most people jump in with guns blazing. It looks good. They want to do it. Let's get rolling. What do we do next? She didn't. She was one of the very few people that she was quiet for a moment. She considered the entire journey as I laid it out. And then she said, if I'm honest with myself, that's not something I'm willing to commit to for the long term. And then she explained that she didn't really want the outcome badly enough to make the necessary sacrifices. She actually counted the costs of what it was that she wanted to do before just jumping in. A lot of people don't count the costs until they're 30 days in, 60 days in. 90 days in. And that's why there's so many people that don't finish something that they started because they didn't realize how much was involved before they took that first step. They just saw the glossy exterior of, wow, I would like to do this. I'd like to build that. I'd like to go from here to there. But she actually mentally went over the process She recognized necessary sacrifices and life changes that she would have to make on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in order to complete that kind of journey. Now, what's interesting about this person, this individual, and there's another one like her, both women, um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I think sometimes women find it maybe a little bit easier to recognize balance or the loss of balance and the need to correct certain things than Than men do? I don't know. But after a period of a few more years, she discovered that she had had enough with the world of medicine in general. And she decided she wanted to do something that had nothing to do with medicine at all. And so she went down a brand new path. And I believe it's true that we're seeing this more and more. Whether it's younger people that get out of college and they're not happy with that initial career path the way they thought they would be. And they make some drastic changes to someone who's been in the corporate world for their entire career. And now towards the end, they decide to start working for themselves. And they talk about how much better they're feeling and how much more optimism they have when they think about the future. You can't, you cannot minimize the power that optimism has and plays in each of our lives. I mean, I'm sure that you know exactly what it's like to get up one morning and just feel like you have very little, if anything, to look forward to. Sure, you may be grateful for what you have, but the future does not look very bright. And I'm sure you know what it's like to get up in the morning and be excited to start a new project or excited about building something and just be grateful that not only do you have what you have, but that you're continuing to grow and have positive experiences in your life. So some of you, You know, you're just starting out, you're a beginner, and I'm sure you're affected by all of the negative things that we all deal with today, stories in the news about the recession, I'm sure you feel the effect of inflation, as we all do, and when you're starting a business from a place like that, especially if you're a beginner, I think it's important to do everything in your power to maintain an optimistic type of a mindset. One of the things that has helped me do that over the years is the belief that I can always improve my skills, I can always add to my knowledge and wisdom base, I can always learn new things and the setbacks that I've experienced turn out to be more like lessons in a book or in the school of life and stepping stones to help me go even further. I don't always feel that way, of course. Sometimes a setback feels exactly like that as a setback. But if you're just starting out, I encourage you to start with smaller goals, maybe more attainable goals, because if you always put these faraway goals there and there can seem like there's a chasm between where you are right now and where you want to be tomorrow. And then after a while, it gets discouraging. There's a, a proverb that I'm well familiar with that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when a desire comes, it is a tree of life. It's an ancient proverb, and, and it is so true. When your hope is continuously deferred, when things continuously aren't working out, then you, you feel sick on the inside. You don't have the strength. You don't have the energy to do the things that you know you need to be doing. Now, if you're a veteran, you've been around for a while, you know, and then you have a different set of challenges than the beginner has you have to maintain an optimistic uh, type of mindset. Your passions can change over time. The things that drive you, that propel you forward, all of those things can change. One of the first things that I had to learn was to be adaptable. And I've talked about this book before, Who Move My Cheese. If you've never read it before, you can read it in a single sitting. You can probably download it on the Kindle. I have a few hardcover uh, copies of it. It's a very thin book, but a great parable that talks about a story that talks about adaptability or adapting to change and how different types of personalities approach it. And so, you know, you've already learned from experience, those of you who are veterans, and you know probably better than anybody else what makes you happy and what doesn't, what you enjoy and what you don't from hands-on experience. So I guess my question to you would be, is if you're not happy with what you're doing, but you've been doing it for so long, you don't see any other options. I would say that rather than... I mean, there's a few ways you could go. One, you could go the way that of the person I was talking about earlier, who just decided to step away from the medical field altogether and do something else, something that she enjoyed doing. I don't remember if she did it gradually, like, I, I, but I think she did as a side hustle. Some people have enough money in the bank, you could step away from something altogether and start something new. I know there are people that do that, but more often than not, people have to start something new gradually. They just can't walk away from the thing that creates the main amount of income. But sometimes you want to ask yourself, what what is it about what you're doing that is causing you to, you know, feel anxious or worried or Bogged down or unhappy, what exactly is it? Now, a lot of times people will say that they've just had their fill of dealing with people, especially if you've been in a services type of business for a long time. You know that the best thing about being in a services related industry is that you get to meet people and you meet the right people, they open doors that you'd never be able to open on your own. They People can give you the most rewarding experience that you would never be able to, like I say, secure or achieve on your own, but they can also be responsible for some of the worst times in your life. That's what you get with people, right? You get the pros, you get the cons, you get the good, you get the bad. But I remember getting at a certain point in my own career where I thought I'm happy with the people I'm doing business with now, and I would rather sell products as far as increasing my income goes as I move into the future, rather than provide additional services to even more people than I'm already doing. Now, one of the ways that I came up with was the one-to-many system. This system has basically been around for years, but technology has brought it to the point where it's more doable than ever before. One-to-many means just what it says. You're one person, and you have a system set up whereby you can provide services to many people. A lot of times these are productized services um, and things of that nature so that you don't have to spend your time one-on-one with people. Of course, on the other side, if you've ever done any coaching or mentoring or consulting or anything like that, you know that if you have the ability to work one-on-one with someone or someone has the ability or the time to work one-on-one with you, Then you can get the kind of help you're just not going to get by reading a book. And more specifically, we each have specific questions and hangups that hurt us in our business. And a lot of times, having a coach or a mentor or a consultant, it's not that they're telling us things that we don't know. A lot of times, they're just reminding us of things that we've forgotten, and they're giving us the courage and the support to do things we wouldn't otherwise do if left on our own. That's what makes having a coach, a consultant, or a mentor so valuable. Now, somebody asked me, uh, who was your mentor or who helped you the most? And I have to say that I've I've had more mentors, more coaches, more of anything than I could count because I grew up in a world where I was surrounded by entrepreneurs. And so from my from my family, the entrepreneurs in my family to the people that I grew up with, to the books that I read, the courses I took, I've had influences from more different sources than I can count. But on the end of the day, I have my own personality, my own strengths and weaknesses, and I had to learn how to adapt all of that information into my specific situation. Does that make sense? For example, one of the things I struggled with until I was about in my 30s was the fact that I always looked like a kid. I always looked younger than I actually was. And so, you know, some people say, yeah, this is a man's world. If you're a man, you know what that means. But you also know it means that uh, being a man in a man's world doesn't mean that you have it easy. It means that there are certain clubs or cliques and that if you're not invited to that table, then you are on the outside looking in. It's not just being a man gets you there. I'm just saying that for the sake of the women that are listening. It's just like women's clubs, you know, how women can be, they can shut you out of their group or they could invite you in. And it's just, it's that way in the world in general. But what I love about the online world is, is that if no one is inviting you uh, to a seat at the table, you know what I mean by the table and to their click into their group, Uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, then you can create your own table because the technology has done that. It's leveled the playing field. I know it doesn't feel like it's leveled the playing field because of the time that we're in, but it really has. We're in a time now where, yes, there's challenges out there, but also you can argue that there's more opportunity for the individual to start something from within their home, a business, Take it to full time than there's ever, ever been before in recorded history. So understand that these two realities exist at the same time. But I've learned from experience that you do have to maintain a kind of optimism on the inside to be able to see these opportunities for what they are, or else you'll just, you'll look at everything from a negative mindset. You know what I mean by that? In other words, if you see something good, you'll probably think, well, it's too good to be true and then you miss out on an opportunity, you know, like, that's the other side of it. But, you know, if you've been around for a while, just understand that the things that maybe excited you a few years ago are no longer exciting you today, because you're not the same person, and the world's changed in a few years. And so I understand from one side, you can't jump from one thing to another to another to another uh, all your life and be successful that way. But you can take your knowledge, your insights, you can take your experience and your skill set and you can reform it online into many different kinds of products and services. So for example, I know people that got into the coaching consulting business late and they spend most of their days working with a handful of people. They give 110%. Actually, it's impossible to give 110%, right? Let's just say they give 100%, 100%. They give it everything they have. Every person that they talk to, they give them 100%. At the end of the day, they're exhausted. And when they look at how much money they've made, they think there is no way that I could double my client load and still maintain my sanity. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any difference what you're coaching, what the topic is. You can take your knowledge and you can repackage it and you can sell it on different platforms. You can sell it in video format. You can sell it on a place like Etsy you know, I think about how many weight loss coaches and health coaches there are trying to make their money that way and trying to start out by selling expensive courses. And usually that's not what brings people to the table. You already have to have a reputation usually to be able to sell expensive stuff, at least a little bit of a reputation. But if you sell something simple, like I know planners are very popular, but when I say planner, we can put any kind of information in that. In other words, we can have a simple planner that teaches, you know, overweight men or overweight women, you know, between 40 and 60, let's say, uh, how to get in good health again. Maybe the person doesn't want a whole book. They want just a simple system. You can sell it. And that's like kind of a lead-in product. I'm talking to people who now are looking for coaches. One of the things that has changed over the last few years with the, co- the coaching and consulting business is that the people who need the coaching, the mentoring, and the step-by-step help oftentimes don't have the time to invest themselves in a program anymore. And so they're not getting the full benefits out of these high-end programs the way they used to be. They have to figure out how to make money and how to make it now. They don't have 30, 60, or 90 days to wait until some income comes in. So the coaches that are selling those programs aren't doing as well as they were doing a few years ago, whereby if they had taken that information and maybe they packaged it up in some kind of planner, I'm just using this as an example, sold it on Etsy or created a Kindle book or a Kindle plus an audio book with it and sold it on Amazon. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot of different platforms that you can make things available on. Um, You can also help. Um, people out on social media still. I mean, you're in these groups, and if you offer things for free, give people some of your time on there, you can still make connections. But what, what I'm talking about in the big picture is that sometimes you have to redefine what success is for you, because the path that you're going on, you get to a point where it's not sustainable, where you can't see yourself doing whatever it is that you're doing, Sometimes the fixes for this are very simple. Sometimes you just need a break, you need a vacation, you need a hobby. Sometimes there's more involved where you have to think about making steps to create something on the side and build it gradually so that eventually you'll be able to step away from what you're doing, or you may even find, as I did, that by um, having a few different types of things that you do in the business overall, it kind of offsets the negative that goes with each thing. So for example, talking about consulting, if all I did was consult, I would be worn out. In my business, I offer all kinds of services. And what I like is that it's part, these are individual parts of the whole. But when I do something like that's involved with, let's say, email marketing and newsletters, it's a great break from things like website development and SEO marketing and that kind of thing. When I'm doing something with the marketing, it's a great break from some of the other things. So it's a combination of things that keep what I do fresh and alive. Now, if I ever got to the point where, you know, I had had enough of, of marketing, and I have to tell you, for those of you who are thinking about starting an online ad agency or starting a marketing or seo agency or even a social media agency i would think twice about making it the main focal point of your let's call it your entrepreneurial portfolio for the long term now i'm talking about people who are just getting started i don't believe these services will become obsolete anytime soon but it's clear that people no longer businesses no longer place the value on these things as much as they used to. In other words, they still place the value on successful marketing, successful SEO, successful social media, but they are increasingly skeptic of companies that offer these services, kind of like the used car salesman persona, that they're talking out of the side of their mouths, they're promising things they cannot deliver, you're locked into long-term contracts, the list goes on and on. Now, I know some people who have been in this kind of business or these kinds of businesses for a while, and after five, six years or more, they're still not able to get to their income goals, the income level they need to attain, but they keep the businesses going because it brings in income into the household. If you're in a situation like that, what's happening to you could be a blessing in disguise, because I think we're getting increasingly closer to the time where Many services are going to be filled by no code solutions, AI driven automations, and more things like that. Now, I'm speaking in general terms right now, but just hear me out. Instead of selling these services to others, it makes more sense if you've been in business for a while, you've taken courses, you've read the ebooks. Maybe some of it's your fault, maybe it's not, maybe it's circumstantial, but When you look at the big picture sooner or later, you have to ask yourself, does it make more sense for me to take these skills that I have, maybe in marketing or SEO or social media, and apply them to my own business, another kind of business that I will own, that I will run instead of investing all of my time in helping other people build their businesses? Because if you're not able to help enough people... Then obviously, you're not making enough money to sustain whatever it is that you're doing. So, why not think about other types of businesses that you could start online where you could apply your ad agency skills or your marketing skills, your SEO or your social media skills? And maybe you'll find that the profits that you'll get back, the return on investment will be much, much larger by doing it that way than by continuing trying to grind out building this one single type of business. You know, I remember a friend of mine once posed the question to a group of investors, and what these people did was they ran portfolios for rich people. And it just so happened that he was starting college at the time. Now he's retired, but he he asked the question, if you're so good at making money, then why don't you use that skill set for yourself instead of just taking you know, a percentage of the money that you make for other people. And he said to me, he thought it was just there was something wrong with that. And it was enough to get him out of the world of finance. After he had been out of college for X number of years, he went on to create his own business. But it does, you know, that does bring us back to that point. Maybe you're not an investor, maybe you're a social media person, or maybe you're good at whatever you're good at. If you're so good at it, then why don't you use that information for yourself on another kind of business instead of just packaging the information and selling it? Now, I understand why people sell information. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with individuals who want to take their knowledge, their experience, and create courses and sell it. But it does beg the question, why don't you do the same things that you now teach? Because if you take a coach, for instance, and unlike sports in the online world, the coach can still participate directly in the game because it's not a physical activity, right? If you're an athlete, you have a small window in which you can participate at the highest level. But in the online world, when you look at what coaches do, they're still able to participate in whatever game they're playing in as well as coaching. And so for the future, I believe that I'm just going to use coaching for an example or as an example. I believe there will be fewer people buying coaching services fewer people willing to invest in coaching services and more and more of them are going to be do it yourselfers or they'll rather read a book or take a few courses but they're not going to invest in the one-on-one kind of thing and so but that's not to say that the coaching industry is going to collapse i'm just saying that more coaches are going to be looking to replace that piece in the income pie with something else now i know people who've been in line online for a long time with large followings they make a third of their profits today unlike in the past but they make a third of their profits today from selling products a lot of these products have nothing to do with their main business the thing that got them started online they make another third of their income from ad revenue they get this on platforms like YouTube and other video channels and they also get another third the final third of their income from services they directly provide to businesses. So if you look at the whole of their income, it's broken down into three slices. Now in the past, most of these people, their income pie, they focused on one thing, and that one thing was responsible for 100% of their income, or I would say 90% of their income. Whereas today, because so many things have changed, they're unable to reach those same income goals by focusing on the one thing. Now, when it comes to happiness, contentment, peace in your soul, and all of those things, what we do, what we spend our time doing has a definite effect on all of those things. And those things likewise have an effect on our relationships, on our personal lives. Everything is interconnected. And that's why I think it's so important to recognize the fact that if your attitude towards your work, your business, whatever it is that you're doing online is taking a nosedive, I think it's important to identify to the best of your ability why that is. Identify to the best of your ability what you can do to start changing things, what you can do to uplift yourself, you know, I'm talking about like on the inside, and recognize the fact that you're not locked into doing business a certain way in the online world. That You have to follow this pattern because if you don't follow it, you have no chance of success. It's much different in that way from the offline world where you're investing in a physical location and all the things that are tied to that location. Now you can have multiple streams of online income. One of the things I like to talk about, it's almost like that old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? What's the idea of diversification in the financial world? The same thing. You spread out your investments. Some of them do great, some of them not so great, some of them plummet. What's the idea of diversifying? It's, it's a safety net of sorts. So if you're struggling, again, focusing on one thing, trying to build one thing in the online world, there is nothing keeping you from diversifying a bit. For example, you don't have to buy another lot, put another building on it. That is replaced by what? Maybe another website, a simple setup, a simple landing page. It's just something to think about. And interestingly enough, I noticed that people that, those who are no longer doing one thing, but they've diversified a bit, these people are happier than ever. I think it's because, well, it's multiple reasons, but I think one of the things is they realize their income is no longer tied to just this one thing, that a sudden turn for the worst in the economy would put them out of business very easily. I think maybe they sleep a little bit easier at night knowing that they've diversified. And I have to say this, for me, success, yes, it looks different today. I look at it differently than I did in the past, and there's nothing wrong with that. For me, it's not just about making money. It's about not being a slave to a business that demands more and more and more of me with no end in sight. All right, I think that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever else you may happen to be, or you can send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you later.